You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome once again to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And I'm Emma. <laughs> we are together again. I think last time we did a podcast that dropped it was the three of us. So um, you're in for another threesome treat. <laughs> and we are <laughs> a really bad one, a Friday morning one. <laughs> and a quite sorted one. <laughs> Three and a quarter with with M's passenger. We are going to do a different bit of a mix up on a case study today. So we do often bring you case studies that you provide for us. But what we thought we'd do today is actually talk about an existing case, um, which is someone that M is seeing, and actually share with you what we do at JCN Clinic as far as when we have cases where they're um, a little bit more difficult or a lot going on, the way we collectively come together, put our brains together and um, help guide each other as realistically a group of supportive practitioners. That's, that's what we do. And I think we want to kind of highlight that at JCN Clinic that this is something we do a lot of. We do tell people that, but I don't think they realize how much we do. So often you're seeing one of us, but you're getting a lot of brains coming together, particularly where needed. So today Em's going to talk about one of her clients. Um, Carissa and I know nothing at all about this. So this will be our first time hearing and um, we will be unpacking some interesting stuff together. So Em, do you want to take over? Oh, yes, I will. Okay. <laughs> so there's, I've just gone through, back through my notes because, um, yeah, I've been seeing this client for a little while now. Um, not quite, I think, oh, maybe start of this year, she came to me. Um, and she came to me presenting with um, a lot of gut issues which I will go through, but she had been, she had seen many practitioners. So this is so this is often the case for clients who come into us, especially quite complex cases like this one. Um, she had come to me and she was at her wit's end in regards to her gut, and then she had a, a heap of other symptoms as well that nobody else so far had been able to yeah do anything about. Um, and she just felt like there's always some underlying driver. Um, as to, you know, I, she thought that all of her symptoms were connected and they definitely are, but she just hadn't had anyone that um, could could connect them all up um, at that point. So originally she came to me, yeah, with gut issues. Um, so for her gut, she had lots of bloating. Her, her bowels were um, quite loose. Lots of, um, she was passing blood um, here and there. Um, and she had a lot of nausea um, and burping (laughs) so her bloating was happening quickly after meals and the other thing though with her I mean look we'll definitely go into the gut side of things a little bit more I think 
the other thing that was a massive presentation for her was that she had um, a few other randoms, random, I say in inverted commas, symptoms. So she came to me with um, palpitations a lot. Um, so heart pal- palpitations, um, which really scared her. She went to a cardiologist who uh, investigated everything and came back. There was nothing kind of structurally wrong with her heart. They couldn't tell her what was going on. Um so palpitations, she also had a lot of a lot of hives, a lot of headaches, um, a lot of migraines as well. Um, had a bit of a energy was definitely an issue. So she would um, some days were she felt quite normal, other days are really bad. On those bad days, had super bad brain fog and to the point where she could barely function. Um, and she said that when when she saw me, she I remember her saying that she she felt like she couldn't get enough air or oxygen, um, and her pulse was quite high, so her heart rate was quite high. Um, you know, dipping into that or going into that palpitations um, every so often. The other thing, mass, massive thing, I guess that for her, her reproductive um, symptoms. So her menstrual cycle, she wasn't on any contraception at all. Um, but she definitely had a lot of um, symptoms around ovulation. <laughs> so she had, um, she felt quite swollen. Um, she had lots of hay fever symptoms just prior to ovulation. And um, then in that luteal phase, she was super moody, very irritable, headaches before her period, super sore bro- um, boobs. Uh, and then her bleed was quite heavy, uh, clotting and painful. So they were, I guess, the big things that she presented me with. <laughs> Any questions so far? Um, no, I'm no, not so, so basically, I've, all the hormone stuff, yeah, we can go into that. So what the gut stuff sounds a little, like, was it a more a little bit vague to you in that first yeah. consult? Like she's just, what, a little bit bloated? How often did you say she was moving her bowels? More constipated yeah. or loose she, bowels? She was moving them at least once per day. Okay, cool. And um, well-formed? No, so they were soft formed, and then she okay. was getting she was getting progressively a bit looser. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah, you yeah, say there was getting a bit of blood as well? Yeah, you said okay. there was blood. Was there mucus? No, no. no. And what kind of blood? Like darker fresh. blood or bright no, red? It was just fresh. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Sweet. Continue on. Right. <laughs> of that, um, she had never had any investigation into her gut at all. So based off that, we did a comprehensive stool analysis. So um, which one? The GI 360, actually. <laughs> one of the first ones I did with that. Um, so we did that, and she was so happy to do that. Um, she was on a heap of supplements and herbs and stuff as well, which she was like, just. I remember saying like, she doesn't really know whether they're working. They'll be maybe they were a little bit, you know, getting, uh, you know, helping a little bit sometimes, but she just was didn't have a, a, a shift. So we kind of just. Um, pulled her off a heap of those supplements just to kind of start afresh. Um, regards to, so we, we did a stool test um, and I gave her, what did I give her? Some some enzymes and I think I gave her something to, um, a, a gut powder to kind of just soothe everything down. Um, I also, we also started her on like a more of a low histamine type of diet um, just to see whether... I was definitely suspecting some histamine issues going on, which would mm. I was thinking were definitely correlated with what was going on with her gut. Do you um, want to, sorry to interrupt for a sec. Do you want to just explain to people listening why, just briefly, like 
obviously that histamine factor stood out to the three of us, but there was, do you want to just explain (laughs) those couple of things that you mentioned? Um, So the things for me that came up as the real histamine symptoms, well, firstly, not necessarily her gut, just from the things that she was saying. Like you just can't, mm. you can't tell from that. But it was more her other symptoms. So palpitations, a big yeah. one. Headaches. Her blood, headaches, her high blood pressure, hives, yeah. um, and then around her menstrual cycle is a massive one for me. So around ovulation, estrogen goes up, and often histamine and estrogen are uh, they go hand in hand. So for for women who have a high amount of histamine in their body, um, either it's been um, taken in, you know, orally by foods and whatnot, or and or they're creating a lot of histamine usually by the gut, and then they're not able to break it down properly. So there's enzymes that break down histamine. So there's either too much coming in and can't get out of the system properly. That will then around that menstrual cycle, especially if there is even high estrogen issues, um, that can definitely create symptoms around ovulation um, of of really yeah high histamine. So your allergies, your your hay fever, your um, your, she felt really puffy, um, you know, all of that kind of thing, and just really reactive around that around that time. Um, just more sensitive to lots of different foods, and then, uh, you know, again coming out of that almost luteal phase, um, she was getting some other issues, and just her like really PMSy, headachey, migraine history, um, just lots of like inflammation and and yeah, higher kind of histamine symptoms. Awesome. Probably take that a little bit further just for everyone listening to the reason behind histamine um, and people feeling a lot more, having a lot more of those more estrogen driven symptoms in the luteal phase and even around ovulation is because high histamine actually impairs methylation. So when we're actually looking at things from a, like, let's just even go like right into potential genetic things for her, like, you know, I'm sure there's maybe going to be some of those coming up potentially, but like, we're probably looking at. Someone who probably obviously has issues with histamine. So exactly what Em just said, if you've got you have your histamine that you ingest, you have your histamine that is a byproduct of gut bacteria, and then you have degradation of histamine, which can also be impacted if you have genetic variants on any of your DOA enzymes. And there's a couple of other enzymes that break down histamine as well. So if you have an increased histamine load on the body that is not being degraded, then when you get those big estrogen swings in the in the menstrual cycle, what would normally happen under normal conditions is that the like the mthfr enzyme and the other enzymes involved in you know estrogen metabolism as well as comt and mtrr and all those guys they come in and they break estrogen down and you don't feel as symptomatic however when you've got issues with histamine you then have issues with how quickly your body can degrade estrogen and break down its metabolites and then to throw a double whammy on that if you have histamine issues and genetic SNPs on your MTHFR, your Compter, and if your other genes that break down estrogen in that metabolism pathway, you're in for a bit of a luteal phase shit show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that phrase. It's my new thing. Everything I talk about for 2020 just is followed by shit show. <laughs> awesome. Very comprehensive <laughs> overview of the histamine flag. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, Em, you said you went and you did the GI 360. So you did those those base supplements to soothe inflammation that you talked about, um, support a bit of digestion as far as enzymes. Um, but then, obviously, you did the GI 360. The results came back, and I imagine that was the next point of check-in and, and change. So what came up there? Yeah. Well, can I ask 
just before you did the GI360, just obviously you would have had your next consult with her and you've already done some supplements and popped her on a lower histamine diet. Did she notice any improvements? Yes. Yeah. So she um, definitely, she did. She, um, she and she, by the way, she's a great client in terms of <laughs> you tell her what to do and she will do it. Um, and I think also with these clients, it's, they do it because they've been suffering for so long with mm. these issues that they just go, I don't even care what I need to do anymore. I just want to you know, feel better. So, yeah, she did do a, lo- a lower histamine diet and she did feel better. It did definitely not eliminate all of her symptoms. Um, she was still having a lot of bloating and whatnot. But with the, with the histamine symptoms, she definitely did see a reduction in, that, in those histamine-type symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that was really um, great for her and her hubby to see because she'd been struggling for so long. Mm. Um, the next... The next consult, um, she so yeah, she reported that she had much better, yeah, much better in regards to her histamine symptoms. Still there though. Um, we looked really though at the results. So the GI three hundred and sixty, interestingly, it revealed um, that she had really low growth of a lot of phylums um, in her gut. So um, overall, so I was really interested to see what kind of overgrowth she might have, but she had pretty much low growth across the board um, apart from, now I'm not sure who, you know, if the listeners will know about these, but your proteobacteria, she had not low, super low, but she definitely had an increased amount. Um, the Her bacteroides and firmicutes and even her actinobacteria all super, super low. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just had none of that... Um, none of that that real baseline stuff that we we need um in a healthy gut but on top of that she had um lots of yeast presentation come mm. up too um which just again i think I, I i think i suspected this at the start um but yeah she definitely had lots of yeast presentation i remember thinking oh god okay yep um this is definitely part of this picture mm. she also had a lot of um Oh, just a lot of bacteria, like an imbalanced bacteria. So, you know, with the GI360, it comes up at the end there with that other cultured bacteria that's come up. So um, lots of lots of your general ones that we see. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into them or not, but just lots of overgrowth. Yes, Krista. I just want to ask, so just like just you obviously looking over a case, doing the GI360 test, and obviously now coming back with yeast, would you are you suspecting at this stage any other sort of food sensitivities? Like maybe oxalates? Does she get joint pain? Does she have like any sort of oxalate issues that you can pick up? No, not so just not more really. the yeast. She doesn't. She didn't really have the joint pain. It was just more the like yeah the the like an anxiety. So like mm. with which comes with the histamine. So you know anxiety, yeah. high heart rate, high blood pressure, palpitations, all yeah. that kind of thing. But no real joint pain. Yeah. Uh, what about any of the other oxalate things? Did you, like, any of the other oxalate sort of symptoms or anything like, obviously with the bloating, no, nothing like that? Okay, cool. I was just asking. No. Just interested. Yeah. And I remember at the very first consult, she, um, like, yeah, she had the bloating, but it, she didn't really push that as a big symptom. Like, mm. she was kind of like, oh, yeah, bloating. Um, yeah, it happens most days, but it's not like the, the standout thing. It was just that her gut was just always unhappy. Um, and she just she just knew that, it was, yeah, it was all just a bit of a, there was something underlying there. So when we got these results back, I was like, great. And I remember I explained them all to her and I thought, great, you've got, not great, but we know now a lot more about what's going on. You've got really low level, um, you know, I guess good bacteria, all the bacteria that we need, um, really not a, not great diversity there, but then you've got all this overgrowth mm-hmm. happening plus um, a very high yeast presentation. 
Um, so I thought, oh, well, that would definitely help explain um, what's going on with you. And so we kind of we started treating that based off um, based off that result. In terms of her other markers, Jess, I reckon you'll ask this. Mm-hmm. Um, she had low secretory IgA. Um, yeah. She had a relatively normal short chain fatty acid production, which was a bit crazy because I she definitely had low. Um, low growth of mm. really nice were there um, percentages if I don't know who got go. them there as far as whether they were skewed let me get it up <laughs> um, 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 um. It's in, while you're doing that it's I, I was interested too in her dietary history just you saying she had that overall low phylum presentation as some of those sort of major phylums because um, it's you know as far as like what sort of preluded that lower growth situation but it, I mean it definitely makes sense that with that strong undergrowth situation and lack of some of those really important species for keeping a good pH balance for the gut and even as Carissa alluded to some of those species that are going to be important as far as regulation of histamine you can see where that dysfunction is definitely starting to happen from a gut level and um obviously yeast being so opportunistic seeing that and right back to her symptoms like that classic bloating and the looseness and the brain fog like you sort of classically see a lot of that with that yeast overgrowth but it you can kind of see that if just from the little bit you said that interplay from a gut level but i was yeah curious i guess two questions in that is that her her sort of background that would have led to such a low growth whether that be dietary antibiotic use and also yeah, as you just said, short chain fatty acids, like sometimes they can still look okay as far as levels, but the actual percentage split between them can be quite skewed as far as maybe dysregulation of use mm. of them. Mm. So in terms of short chain fatty acids, um, percentage split, so without going through them individually because it's not going to mean too much, Yeah. on this test they were all really within, there was no um, outliers in terms of, there wasn't anything like they're all really like down the line yeah. in terms of like in the green yeah. um where you know in the middle and then her total short chain fatty acids was so out of a range from 5 to 16 um hers was 12 yeah um yeah. so with butyrate being with a range 0.8 to 4 her butyrate was 2.6 mm-hmm. um so it they looked relatively okay the other um so the other question, Jess, was, yeah, what preluded that low diversity? Um, she, yeah, she's had a bit of a colourful health history. She had had a lot of antibiotics. She, uh, yeah, she's, she grew up with lot, a real hay fevery type person um, or hay fevery slash, you know, hives and headaches and all that kind of thing. Um, had she been she, doing a restrictive diet herself? Like, because you yeah. said, yeah, I was thinking yeah. you said she's had a lot of work previously to a point and hit yeah. walls. So it just made me think she'd been, yeah, okay, that makes. Yeah. yeah. I, but I guess even before that, she had a lot of, um, a lot of infections, a lot of, a, thro- a lot of throat infections, lots yeah. of antibiotics. Mm. Um, and then she had bouts of food poisoning here and there. Um, and then I guess when things started to pop up from a digestive point of view, she had been to her fair share of, um, specialists and whatnot, and also then tried her own stuff because her mother actually um, is involved in like TCM Chinese medicine type thing. So she she was no stranger to to that. Mm-hmm. So she'd done a lot of um, dietary stuff, and I guess really yeah pulled a lot of carbohydrates down um, because she did feel a lot better on off them. 
Um, so I get, and I'm not sure, I can't remember how long she'd been doing that for, but it certainly, she definitely had a, a, some form of restriction for quite a while, yeah. which can help to explain what's um, that lack of diversity and or low growth to start with. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So what we did, we, we started treatment. So essentially we did all the support work for her gut, um, did a lot of um, enzymes and even um, hydrochloric acid support. We did um, some, we did lots of like SB. We did, yeah, we did some soothing gut work and then we started um, some antimicrobials um, and any fungals to try to get on top of that um, that yeast kind of picture and all the overgrowth that was presenting as well. Very conscious of the fact that she definitely had um, low growth, but there was just such an overwhelming high growth of other stuff that we need to kind of look at that first. Um, and also we then teamed that with a a bit of a mishy-mash of um, like a, yeah, a low histamine, but it was mainly just a low histamine diet with taking away really high starch stuff, obviously, because she didn't really like, um, she didn't, she did not fare well on high starch kind of stuff. So we definitely kind of reduced that a little bit. Um, and she... So that was, I guess, the first the first kind of treatment that we that we started. Mm-hmm. Um, any questions? No, <laughs> I, mean, I think I'll let you keep going because yeah, otherwise we'll keep, keep getting so pulled into rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, she found that she reacted really um, intensely to turmeric, which was in one of the supplements I did give her. Um, so we had to take that out, and we and we just kind of had to stuff around for a little while there trying to figure out what it was um, that she was reacting to. I can't... I've had a few people react to turmeric in the gut space. Like, is it because of the histamine thing? Like, obviously, a lot of ground spices, I know, like, it's different in supplements to a degree, but I know a lot of the spices are off the table when it comes to histamine. Mm. And it's just... I just find it so... Like, and I've had a few clients, obviously, the product that we Mm -hmm. freaking love for complicating guts has got turmeric in it yeah. and I have had a handful of, hey that's what I gave her initially yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I have had a handful of people react to that myself and I'm just like you know what and then it is and it is it is seems to be the turmeric in it mm-hmm. yeah and I've had clients yeah. just react to turmeric on its own like not stuff I've given the stuff they've taken themselves as well like mm-hmm. just so it seems to be like for something that's just such a you know broad brushstroke anti-inflammatory all all and or amazing supplement there's this you know category of people that react so freaking strongly to it yeah, yeah. she i remember yeah. she said that she got really intense bloating from it yeah um, so it was hard to really assess how she was going with the gut work because she was taking that so yeah. after we took that away and i think i just got her on some really basic stuff then i just went back yeah. to basics and thought no nah, we can't you're very sensitive we can't really um do a real a, a product that's got a lot of ingredients in it because if you're going to react to something it's going to be really hard to figure that mm-hmm. out so we just put her on some really basics um gut gut lining support stuff um she definitely felt though once we kind of get the got the turmeric down and once we started a little bit of antimicrobial antifungal stuff which we definitely tapered up in a slow fashion because i was very conscious of how she would react from a, a die-off point of view i didn't want her to react badly um she she then felt I think she had a little bit of like, you know, die off symptoms, but nothing crazy. She then, um, she definitely felt like her overall, her gut had settled down. Like the bloating was definitely not as bad. Um, and then her other symptoms, she felt like following a, a low histamine diet that they were all quite, um, they were starting to get better. 
Yeah, so we, we then just slowly, I think I started to, um, we just basically went on a bit of a journey with the antifungals and antimicrobials um, for a little while, but then... Can I just say why you are finding that, M? like just why for everyone listening too, because I've got a couple of clients who are pretty chronic at the moment. I know you do as well, Jess. Um, just... Just I hope, like, just for everyone listening, the process that is involved sometimes in sorting out someone's mm. gut is not straightforward. And sometimes you might react to something we put you on. Sometimes you, the diet isn't; it's not just histamines to start with. Sometimes, and we have to consider oxalates and stuff. I know I've got a couple of clients at the moment, and they're probably listening, but um, <laughs> um, they're, and they're frustrated with the process. They're like, yeah. "We've been doing this for eight weeks now, and I don't feel like we're getting anywhere." And I'm like, "Well, you know, you've got less gut pain for a start." you know we're trying to get your stools better we've done a gut test we're just we're trying to get a few things right before we start antimicrobials or we started antimicrobials and it's a bit and i'm very much exactly similar to this client like with my people that are really you know messed up in the gut and we've got chronic overgrowth of certain phylums of bacteria and yeast and maybe a parasite involved and then we've got systemic issues as well you, you it's it's a process hey guys yeah, like absolutely. it's not just it's not just let's smash you with antimicrobials. Here's all the gut stuff. Go on a low everything fucking diet, and in six to eight weeks you're gonna feel better. Like it's we're we're trying to take care of you and your body, and that takes time. And these yeah the other sort of thing I'd say that. that before we kind of yeah is I can't agree more with when we come across these cases, but also I always say it's that removal of layers. So even sometimes as we move through these stages and we, we hit walls and we find, okay, this product's not working right or you're not responding to this, that actually gives us information too along the way. Like we are constantly in detective mode. So if we if we give you something and it doesn't work for you, that actually tells us, okay, we know that this doesn't work. We're going to work out why, and we can add that piece to the puzzle that is you. But with yeah, these, with 100%. these different, um, more complex cases, it's never a really straight line. Like when it's a straight line, it's wonderful. It's fantastic, and yep. we do see that. <laughs> but we also see a lot of these complexities, which I think you know, obviously, M's going to highlight. <laughs> yeah. well, this now. journey is not a straight one so you know it seemed to be going okay but can I just mention that you know as Carissa just said between consult you know between when she first came to me and where we're at here with um, antimicrobials I remember she we had to start with this gut treatment of reducing bacteria and yeast very slowly mm. and we definitely had some bumps in the road there like she was like uh uh she's very intuitive in terms of how she feels with her body and she you know um a lot of she she was getting a few symptoms crop up which we just had to slow down like mm. her body could not take a high load of anti any fungal any microbial load so we really had to take some time and it was a good three four months of just you know like working up um with that which because she, she's just she was so sensitive and i mm. knew that she had to like she felt like she got to a point with the antimicrobials that she was like yeah i feel like they're really working um and i'm feeling like i've, I've got some improvement like um with with her her bowels and her, her bloating was always a bit hit, hit and miss but she also did note a fungal rash that um she used to have too so she, these other symptoms are cropping up that she remembered and and she um that that had started to decrease um and so yeah things were going pretty okay um she then though we started to kind of bring a little bit of food back in <laughs> Um, because I was like, okay, we need to really start to, um, I want to just see how you go. You feel any microbials 
for a little while, although the dose has been low, um, because we I haven't been able to, you know, really push that up because she is so sensitive. I was like keen to kind of get some stuff back into her diet. Um, and she did like her diet was like, you know, she was feeling pretty good on that lower histamine type diet. And, um, and we started to bring more starches and stuff back in, but that's when we kind of hit <laughs> a bit of a, uh, a bit of a roadblock. Um, and also with her as well, we figured out that like she could not do like she was that sensitive with histamine. Like she, she felt like it's been really up and down with her histamine symptoms. Like she would be like, "Oh, I'm feeling okay," and then she'd um, have like leftovers mm. like the day after, and they would yeah. set her off, or she'd have some bone broth. Um, and and like a low histamine bone broth, but because it was you know um, a day old, she would she would react. Mm. Um, so she was still very very sensitive, and so she had to make sure that everything she was eating, she was um, it was all fresh, like mm-hmm. super fresh, um, because that really really messed with her. And then she went through, so we started to bring bits and pieces of food back in, and she was okay with some things, not okay with others. She um, her bowels started to get quite quite good and she only had the odd bit of bloating so it was good but then when was this so then she had a really (laughs) all of a sudden she had a really stressful kind of period in her life um something cropped up and she had um lots of stress and worry at home um and that really set her off like down this not a great not a great road so she started to get reflux um and lots more like burping um mm. a lot as well she also had a, a um an instance where she had quite a bit of blood in her stool which was very worrying for her it was fresh um and then she started to get a lot more a lot more bloating as well so she um her symptoms almost from going though like we were all kind of go- we were getting on a really good track and she you know her symptoms were definitely starting to improve overall and we started to really slowly bring things back in and then she hit this stressed kind of mode and her gut symptoms almost went backwards but Mm. even worse (laughs) so she started to get more bloating which was always there but it started to become much more extreme and then the other thing with the blood in the stools like she had she remembers she had a fair bit which is obviously quite concerning she um she went to the GP who advised to have a colonoscopy and endoscopy, which I agreed to because I just thought there's no way, like, we've got to rule this out. We've got to rule yeah. out anything crazy going on. Um, so she was, like, waiting on that. But in the meantime, we really just kind of peeled back what she was doing from a diet a dietary point of view and we just gave her lots of support um, in regards to digestion and breaking down food and all that. Um, I think we actually, at this point, I think we even... Uh, yeah, really kind of reduced to antimicrobials. Just kind of like we almost just kind of plateaued for a little while, just waiting on this colonoscopy endoscopy mm. type uh, this thing to come back. Um, any questions? I I think the thing I'd like to sort of highlight at this point, and yeah, is is the fact that you've you've done that antifungal work and a lot of what you've definitely mentioned and seen that really good reduction in symptoms to a, a to a point. Um, I just want to highlight again back to some of those findings in that test that showed there was fundamentally a low presentation of growth of bacteria and there was low secretory IgA. So that tells us that her mucosal lining is most likely quite either damaged or quite low 
potentially permeable and that work that you did with initially taking so long, um, having to be really careful with the antifungal work is often tied up in that because there's, there's, there's less of a, um, a strong immune system within the gut to deal with that. But what I'm sort of sort of seeing here as she's moved forward is she's been generally going okay, but then because she still hasn't, you've tried to bring some of those foods back in because there's most likely still quite a strong undergrowth and depending on where her secretory IgA is sitting and her, again, her mucosal lining and her gut immunity, there's still less of a um, sort of chance for her to deal with some of those different fiber structures coming in and then on top of that um, unfortunately she's had this stress event which we know with stress it's a huge compounder on the digestion you've seen that increase of reflux so there's that disruption of hydrochloric acid secretion in the stomach digestive secretions are, are, are very much interrupted but we also know that Cortisol has a relationship with how it affects secretory IgA too and can drive secretory IgA down. So it may be that, that, well, not may, absolutely her stress has come in and compounded her gut issues. And I'm just wondering about sort of that layer that's definitely been removed to a point with the yeast, which is awesome, but how much that um, that sort of undergrowth pattern and that um, mucosal lining is actually playing a big part in kind of holding her back a little bit at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a hard one because you're trying to use food to start to progress forward with that because the food will feed these undergrowth bacteria that have that symbiotic relationship with that mucosal lining um, and helping with regulating histamine and all of these different things that she's having issues with. But then it's like a catch-22 because the food is a trigger. So um, it's looking at, okay, how can we use certain types of foods that are maybe less reactive or foods that will support the lining more specifically? And and even with the supplementation, like what can maybe be looked at there that's going to help um, that might be received a little bit better? And that also we know as practitioners is a little bit of a a sample and try game because every gut will be different in what it can handle and what it can't. Um, yeah, that That's would be my... too. Like with, with, with some, a gut that is like this, that is so complicated. And obviously it sounds like you've been working with her for months just in terms of like just everything that's happened so far. Like I'm going to say probably six plus months by this stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, you don't the thing is too is you don't know until you try and no. sometimes it is like you know i always say to my clients like we actually build a relationship with your gut and we get to know it do you know what i mean like i know that my real my really complicated clients that i've had for years you know and you know and they're they're you know come leaps and bounds from when i first started treating them but they're we're still on the journey yeah. do you know what i mean in terms of building their gut back up and stuff but you you even in six months of you know working with someone you get to know their gut and but it's not until you do things like this as a practitioner like you introduce a bit of fiber you introduce a higher histamine food or yeah and you and then you start to get a gauge as to okay i know that you're not ready yet so mm-hmm. we've got to go back to these primary steps again and i know that sucks for you as a client because you feel like we're going backwards but your gut's not ready for this yet mm-hmm. the damage is too damage is too far gone still well, not too far gone that's probably not the right word but <laughs> there's still a lot of there's still a lot of damage to your mucosal lining and until we fix that and we keep working on this overgrowth and working on trying to re- like replenish the undergrowth 
we've got to it's just mm. it's a time thing yeah yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and i think um i'd oh, i don't think i did this yet but anyway i'll, I'll keep going because she she um when she went to get the colonoscopy and endoscopy but bottom line is that she didn't actually end up getting it because she was um she went there to the hospital and then she her heart rate and her blood pressure were through the roof um she was getting palpitations and she also had a slight temperature um they stuffed her around the hospital she was waiting there for many many hours like over seven hours um and she also got a rash um as well like a patchy rash red face patchy around neck and chest and that kind of thing too um so the doctor basically came over and said to her look i don't think you're well enough to have this procedure um so we're we're not going to do it today um and then based off that she was like she was told she actually didn't want to do it in the first place but she was like okay well that's fine and then she her mental health went you know, uh, she was quite anxious and also a bit, uh, her mental health suffered a little bit from that because she was like, what is going on? It's all over the shop. Mm. She's scared to eat, blah, blah, blah. Like it was just full on. Mm. Um, so based off that, we just, um, she, oh, she had a lot of like bloating and stuff as well. So based off that, we just kind of continued to, yeah, to, we were in almost like this re, um, this phase of just, oh, let's just stop what we're doing in terms of trying to progress forward and mm. just almost just calm everything mm-hmm. and sometimes um, just give them a break as yeah. well like i say to my clients like this is fucking stressful for yeah. the client to go through it's it's you know it's it's big for like even for like us practitioners who like we we know a lot but we don't know everything and for i feel like with histamine clients the answers aren't all there yet mm-hmm. do you know yeah. what i mean like this whole histamine space and what works in the histamine space and all of that it's still there's still going to be so much more information to come out in this space but i sometimes with my clients like exactly what you where you're probably at with like with her and is that you're just kind of like okay let's just let's just give you a break as well for a session because they're tired like Mm. you know it's stressful doing all of this and taking the supplements and the gut symptoms you know sometimes really override their life and their mental health and sometimes just like okay let's just get you calm for a couple Mm. of months before we now start climbing stairs again yeah Yeah. i think the other big thing that i need to tell you is that when she you know how for a colonoscopy you've got to do that shitty white low fiber diet yeah she was like i felt so good on that oh yeah. that's an interesting so, thing um, yeah she was like and she but at this stage she was getting bloating and also some pain as well and um like you know when we were trying to bring the foods in and whatnot and and just um even being on a low histamine diet it was like it was still being reactive so she's mm. she goes i she, i remember she sent me an email she's like i did not have any bloating or pain on the low fiber rubbish diet yeah and i thought oh my god okay so we kind of just chilled and then I said and I said why don't we do um I wanted to know more about I was thinking at the stage because her, her symptoms in regards to bloating and, and like her burping and all that kind of thing and the uh, they were all kind of increasing and so I thought let's do a SIBO test to yeah see which I was going to just say that yeah um because we'd seen you know um what was going on in her large bowel but I had then by that stage which wasn't as apparent to me earlier on like the SIBO was not the first thing that came up in her first consult because it just didn't seem like she had a lot of those like classic yeah but anyway so and I said right let's do a SIBO test we need to really know where you're at yeah if you if you have it which I think you do but then also what type and, and how bad is it um just so we can get more information um so she she did that and it came back and yeah she she did that and it came back 
positive on all fronts. Um, very, very high. So at that stage, we we kind of started. Um, yeah, we kind of started soothing, soothing again, and then started to um, change things a little bit with her diet. Um, we also, at that time, I remember actually she was keen to do the Dutch test. Um, so we also did the Dutch test to look at her hormones too because she was having a lot of issues around her hormones. Um, and I thought, and she was like, look, I want to get more information. Um, the more I can get, the better. And so she was keen to do that. So she did the SIBO and the Dutch at the same time. Um, so SIBO said was positive. The, the Dutch result, Carissa, this is really interesting for you. Um, she had high amounts of... Um, DHEA, she had um, very, very high estrogen. Was the 16 or the 4 or all of them? 16, um, 4, 2, all of them? All, but then she had a very high amount. um, The metabolites. um, Her metabolites, yeah, um, high going through the CYP1B1. Oh, yep, yep. Yep. Um, And then showed serious issues with comp demethylation with her phase 2. Um, as well, so that was that was happening. She also had crazy high amounts of cortisol. Wow! So interesting with what we were just saying before. Yeah. With the yeah, wow. There's so much that just actually relates there back to what was being said right at the start of this, as far as her initial symptom picture. That just is more like a okay, right? Hello, hello, <laughs> hello. High estrogen levels. Hello, like decreased capacity to potentially deal with Detox. detoxification. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really fascinating. And this is where, as a practitioner too, it's definitely important to now have this um information like a lot of information from the stool test to the SIBO to the Dutch test in conjunction with the client and be able to put that together um still remembering what's going on with the client and that they are number one as far as their symptoms and and yeah because sometimes definitely and probably even I think this is important for maybe starting out practitioners to keep in mind that you've got to be really careful at this point not to get overwhelmed by all this data and start symptom controlling and throwing this script together that's like just a billion supplements so I just want to kind of highlight that at this point yeah (laughs) yeah So basically from there, we kind of, um, I developed a really, um, a treatment plan for the next same month based off that. So I thought, let's really give your liver some support and your comp demethylation because obviously these histamine issues are there and estrogen issues, like your liver is so clogged up Mm. and and having some, um, some real, yeah, some real difficulties that I think it's really impacting everything else. So let's really try and and give that support um, first with that. Keep your keep your food relatively like she was um, on a bit of a like we still didn't progress too much because she was just so highly reactive. So she was still on a bit of like a histamine almost biphasic type diet. I was gonna say, did you? Because I probably would have stripped her, but not stripped her right. Like if I could have helped it, but yeah, like it would have then become like a bit of a. It's just even with her symptoms as well. Even before you do the SIBO test, hey, like you would have been like. All right, let's strip some of these fermentable carbohydrates out. Let's keep your diet mm. lower starch. So you're kind of now overlapping a FODMAP and a histamine diet, which let's face it, we do that all the time. Yeah. The when we have to, we don't love doing it to you guys, but if we have to do it, we will. Yeah. And then that would obviously hopefully settle her gut a little bit. But then I'd probably be on the same page as you. I'm like, let's 
Set all your gut. Let's not smash it with antimicrobials again at the moment because it just doesn't fucking need it. But let's try and clear up some of this, you know, this met these methylation, liver, cont, estrogen issues slowly and move some of that out and just release mm. some of this toxic buildup in your system. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's essentially what we did. We really just went in and gave her lots of really specific. I did a compound for her. I, um, yeah, I got her on a heap of different things based off her test results specifically. Um, and then um, she started to feel way better. Hmm. Um, so she started to feel much more. Um, she's like, yeah, I. and she's that person that like, she really knows how she responds to certain supplements and whatnot. So she was like, oh my God, I've responded really well to this liver hormone kind of clearing type um supplement protocol she said she feels like she felt really mentally much more sharp less foggy you know um all of that and she was just like oh my god i feel so i feel so different um with this so that was definitely the right thing to do in terms of like helping to clear that backlog of histamine and get her estrogen going down that better pathway her her symptoms around her ovulation and all that started to improve as well um so so that was great um her and her her diet because we did strip it back um she she felt relatively stable um with that and she her bowels were actually not too bad um and then i think we yeah based off that i was like great you're doing really well let's bring in some um a little bit of and then and then she no she started to feel pretty good and then she we also then started after she felt really nice um, a lot more settled in the gut um she was like i still really feel like i've got this fungal overgrowth happening and i really like she started to get this fungal kind of rash back and a few other symptoms here and there um so we started to really slowly bring in some antifungals um which she actually felt really good on from a digestive point of view um and she started to think oh yep i'm actually feeling and she we built Built them up a little bit. I think at this page, stage too, we also brought in a little bit of um, prebiotics mm-hmm. um, in terms of powder. Um, really, really, really small amount. But we just started to, yeah, because I just so wanted to, like, as much as she had this overgrowth, but she also had this severe mm-hmm. undergrowth. So I was just like, oh my God, we need to start feeding you up a little bit more. Um, and she, she felt really good on that. So we we're going quite well. And I was like, yes, we are on the, the right track here. <laughs> this is most recently. Um, she, she was really good and felt really awesome. Then she ran out of supplements, antimicrobials specifically, for about a week um, because of she just ran out ordering those lapses there and whatnot um she also had at the same time a little bit of stress popped up popped up in her life she also was because she was feeling a lot better she had some food choices that she probably would never have usually made so she kind of a little perfect storm yeah 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 and then she and then from that she started to get like her bowels started to really or her bloating started to become much worse Mm. um based yeah really quick bloating after most meals and whatnot uh, enzymes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it was almost like she was going really well, but mm. then she kind of, there's a few things that happened. And then along with that um, little bit of a, um, with antimicrobials, she, you know, she, they, they stopped for a week and then she had this, she's had almost like this um, backward step. Mm. And essentially that's where we're at. <laughs> 
But that, as Carissa just highlighted too, like it's a bit of a, like you highlighted last time she had a flare up with stress. This is another point that is common because hello life where things happen. And I always say to clients that we are slowly working on improving your health fundamentally overall it is a trajectory line that is ideally slowly improving and going up, but there will be divots along the way and drops because of X, Y, Z, because shit happens along the way. And this happening to what you've just described right now sounds exactly like that. You've got her to a point where you've actually really done a lot of work today. You've cleared a lot. She's actually at a point where she's sitting well with support, but that that support mechanism can sometimes, I think, give clients a little bit of a a false security. Um, And it's easy for them to drop the ball a little bit, whether they do it you know them a little bit themselves or things just happen and it's like they're sitting on that sort of ledge or that preface get the word out they're sort of they're just there and everything's holding them there which is great but it doesn't take much at that level still to knock you and those knocks can be very quickly a flare up in symptoms but the good thing i would say is that often when you've done the work and you're at that point it's usually not so hard to kind of get you back up again um, yeah, it's not such a knockback. Yeah, yeah. And it's a matter of just getting back onto the wagon. And also I think what you've said, Em, that you've started to do is like you've kind of you're coming at it from all angles now, but you're really starting to thinking about thinking about that rebuilding and that support of the microbiome, which is obviously a really big part of this, but it's it's her she sounds like a great client. It's her understanding now of, of the fact that like, okay, we've got you to here, but now we actually need to put in some time from here to start sort of almost shifting gears to this next point. But, you know, it, it sounds to me like it, at the, at the moment that that's sort of where it's at. It's like, she's sort of, she's been knocked, but I, and I don't know, obviously I've sort of jumped in here. I don't know if you found with just getting her back onto things, does she feel like she's not responding at this point like is she like oh i'm Um, back on it but it's not happening she was a bit um getting her back onto everything um and but yeah she's had well when i saw her it had been like two weeks two weeks that she'd um since she'd started to bring things back in or maybe a bit little bit less um and she it was like a really slow she Mm. wasn't like oh i'm back onto it and everything's all good it was like her body was like oh you know like very a very slow like getting back onto everything mm-hmm. um i'm gonna say it should settle though like like yeah. depending on where she's at now like have you spoken to her in the last couple of weeks like i feel like she's gonna feel shit for a little bit but considering this isn't like the first flare the first flare was definitely and i've been through that with my clients and jess i know you would have as well like that first flare in those initial stages sometimes is like shit we're back to the drawing board but once you get a really good consistent run with someone with food and supplements and all of that the setbacks are not as far set back when they do happen. And sometimes every client's different. Like sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a couple of weeks, but usually it's maybe a week of shit and then they start to like sort of come out of the pond a little bit. Yeah. No, and I I, um, I think that that's exactly what I explained to her. Like Jess, what you said as well. Like just, yes, there's a few things. And she thought it was only because like in her mind, she had not had the antimicrobials for a week mm. um so she's like oh my god that stuffed everything up but actually mm-hmm. there was a few other things she ran out of including her digestive support so her 
enzymes and her HCL support as well. Um, and then yeah, other epic. things, other things she had just dropped off as well. Um, mm. And she hadn't really thought that that would make a big difference. Plus, yeah, so it just kind of like there was a few things that had happened. And, and then the food that she had had that she might mm. not have, she was traveling a bit, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it was, and I had to explain that. Yeah, I had to explain that to her and go, well, actually, let's just kind of get back onto what we were. It might take you a little while to feel back on track, um, but then we can, yeah, we can continue onwards. It's just a. It, I think this just highlights it is such an up and down journey um, mm. when we are dealing with such chronic issues, um, and it's it's not just you get to one stage and then you just take more leaps forward. It's like it is. It can be really hectic. Is she <laughs> and even talk- it's worth mentioning. Like it's again, it's another thing that's very obvious to us, but to everyone listening, our clients, our potential clients, or our people who are just going through their own health journey, um, or just. People would just love listening to us speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, can we just mention that every the two big setbacks she's had and the big things we see with all of our clients is this stress factor. And yes, you can't control stress some of the times, but the, the impact that stress has on any sort of treatment protocol that you're going through or just your body in general, and especially when we're talking about like the liver pathways that detox our, you know, stress, our stress hormones. So like for someone for her, like her, for example, who is so anxious and so highly strung, do you know what I mean? Like just think about that colonoscopy episode, you know, going, trying to go into that. And she's got the heart palpitations, her blood pressures up, her heart's racing. So she lives a lot of her life in fight or flight. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So even, and yes, a lot of that's obviously histamine and gut related. I would say there's probably a lot of it. Um, I don't know her at all, but there's obviously a psychological component. And you, when you have a lot of stuff like this going on, it almost, I explained to my clients, it's almost like PTSD to a degree. Like, you know, Absolutely. like you, you've been going through these chronic, health issues for years and it creates anxiety and when you start feeling better the minute you feel shit or something happens to unravel that then you know you go back to almost like this stress of I can't go back to this I felt like I felt so good Mm. for so long and that in itself is a stress but then we even just look at the breakdown of those stress hormones for someone who is you know histamine induced anxiety probably a bit more heightened and anxious in general then they throw the stress in it then they've got the stress of things not going right and actually starting to feel their gut unravel and the symptoms return like the systemic impacts of that stress alone Mm. on the liver and the estrogen detox pathways and histamine and all of that it just compounds the problem Mm-hmm. And I know you can't just say to someone, don't stress, because we all know if that was the case, that would just be such a simple fucking answer, but it's not. But it's just also like acknowledging the role that stress plays in, you know, in this treatment process. Mm-hmm. And also, I think one of the biggest things is to like, you know, thinking about some of my clients too, stress sometimes is the governing thing. And sometimes I like I will push my clients, or this is, doesn't sound like so much the case with your client, Em, but I just know when I've got some of my clients that are super stressed or super just so caught up in this this gut state that they're in. And it's it's a stress on its own that it's almost, to me, it's almost like a psychological, you know, a psychological issue. Would you guys agree? Like where it's yeah. just, and it's not saying that in a bad way, it's just that it's become this all-consuming part of your life where it's creating so much stress is that I feel like sometimes I'm like, if I can't override this stress with supplements and diet, because mm-hmm. you know, that needs to be addressed separately. You, like you either need to go and get some help dealing with, you know, like, um, 
you know, the, the disordered eating side of things or the stress that this is placed on you or the orthorexia or, you know, like all the things that, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many elements of stress, even if there's not a stress in your environment, there's that mental stress associated with it. That is a real um, roadblock to treatment as well. So, I, yeah, I think like this client is not, she doesn't have any of those like um, eating, like yeah, she doesn't like that. No, but yeah. it's more just the stress and the anxiety that comes from, oh my god, if I eat this food, what is my body going to do? Yeah, yeah, and that's the stress on its own. Like, yeah, we've got so many clients like that. Hey, you just like, and sometimes it's not even the food. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. but I yeah. think the relationship that they build with us as a practitioner is really important there because often you'll say you have one of these flare-ups but if you can sit down and you can if she can sit sit with you and and talk to you about what's happened and you can explain the reasoning behind why things have happened but often for us we can because we're outside what's going on and obviously it's our job we can actually pick all of those compounding factors and she as you said she might be just like oh i just stopped my antimicrobials for one week or you're like actually hang on there was like these five different factors that all happened and often a client will be like oh wow yeah i didn't realize that though that makes sense for me so that can actually help give them actually a little bit of peace of mind and help reduce that cycle in in your head which can be really common as you were saying Carissa where you just very quickly go down oh my god I'm back to square one and you know so I think I think one of our really important roles is always relating back to a person where they're at why they're there what's going on you're not back at square one this is why it's happened and also expectations about time frame out of of where they're at right now so it sounds like yeah, it's I mean, it'd be interesting to see how she goes over the next couple of weeks. Um, is she, can I ask, is she doing um, or are you doing much at the moment? I don't know if you feel your hands are tied as far as that rebuilding and support, it's whether from a prebiotic point of view, um, mucosal lining, dietary space, or do you feel like your kind of hands are a bit tied there as far as how she re, kind of reacts? Yeah hands are a bit tired but little bits of starting to get in little bits of um rebuilding just not even via diet because she's too reactive but yeah. just via supplements and mucosal yeah support um but yeah the food side of things is just really it's really hard a really hard one yeah right yeah now, especially once she's had this flare but i think going forward that's really going to be the big focus yeah in, yeah that's the big not missing piece because we've we've started it, but it's more that needs to be just yeah. It, it just goes to highlight that needs to be just as um, a bigger, uh, just as much, just as important as you know, killing off or reducing exactly. Growth, That's what I'm. Know, like, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think there might be, and maybe this is a chat for once we're sort of off <laughs> as far as more specifics with products and stuff but even dietary wise which is something we do so much at JCN is I would be looking at manipulation of diet as much as possible in a medicinal sense so yes there's what can we remove that isn't stimulating but what can we use medicinally to work with the gut at the moment so there's certain types of of foods or certain ways of preparing or um, sort of maybe even stages of using food in certain ways while she's in this fled state. You know, classic things can be broth, for instance. This person's a histamine person, but we have really um, 
different ways that we can use preparation and create meals that we can get the aspects from those types of foods that we want for the gut without creating a histamine flare. So I, I, I think, again, it's as you were saying, Em, it's not just about what we need to take away as far as um, maybe a um, pathogen load or a pathobiont or fungal overgrowth, whatever you want to call it. It's also about, I think what's starting to be highlighted here is her underlying lack of ability to cope is coming back probably from a very lowered um, gut immune space or um, mucosal lining. And then without question, that sort of tied in relationship that you've picked up through the Dutch testing, but they're going to be very interwoven too, because if that, if that gut isn't doing its job, I can't even imagine how much pressure that is actually then loading onto that liver as far as like, here you go, <laughs> have, have a little bit more of this, have a little bit more of this, because I'm not dealing <laughs> with all this down here. So I'm just going to push it up your way. But yeah, it's it'll be really interesting to see how she goes. Yeah, and I must say she's been a great client in terms of she's not one of these people. It's like why isn't this working? She fully understands. I'm bored with the diet. (laughs) She understands the timeframes that are involved because she's been dealing with this stuff for so long. And she did say to me at our last consult, although she's had almost a little backward step with everything recently, she said, "God, I've." Still, there's issues now that are gone that I used to, I I have not changed to you, you know? So she's like, I'm not, it's not like I'm nowhere, I haven't gotten better at all. Like there are so many things that have gotten better, Um, but it's just, we're still battling a little bit with this, yeah, with this gut. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, with this bit bit of a backward step. But yeah, she did say, God, since seeing you, I've, yeah, there's been definitely some really good improvements. Um, and also learning from her and she's a great learner as well and she just takes everything in so um, it is it, it's been a, a, le- a learning curve um, for want of a better better phrase absolutely yeah just out of just for out of, like just because out of curiosity but just for everyone listening as well how long have you been working with her so far because I think this is really important mm. <laughs> uh, I think nine or ten months Cool. And yeah. that's and just that's I think that's so important to highlight as well that when you're dealing with these complex gut issues, that it's not eight weeks in and we've yeah. already kicked twenty million goals. Like yeah. I think, you know, I think we talk about this in the clinic so often. Like we yeah. don't love putting you guys on restrictive diets. We don't love telling you you have to be on a low histamine, low FODMAP or low oxalate, low histamine or we don't love doing that but it is such a necessary tool when you've got a gut that has been compromised for five plus years and Mm. sometimes 10 plus or 15 plus years to actually go back in and, you know, take all of this, you know, these inflammatory drivers out and restore, you know, the integrity back to the gastrointestinal lining, rebuild the gut Mm. bacteria that need to be rebuilt and, you know, refed up and then reintroduce those foods in a very slow and systematic way so that they're not aggravating to the gut lining and the gut gets used to them again. Like, it's a bloody process. It absolutely is. Only halfway during this process, we did the Dutch and the SIBO testing. So, like, you know, Mm. I wish we had done that at the very start, but it just wasn't, um, firstly, probably not even financially as viable. (laughs) But also it was just like, let's just see. You know, we we had no idea what was to come. You have to work with the situation in in those points. I think 
sometimes it makes sense to do those tests straight up and then other times it's really valuable to let the picture unfold and let it dictate where you need to go because yeah yeah it'd be maybe great if everyone had the cash or they were free to do everything straight up but it's not it's not always the best option or or doable so the the situation will dictate what needs to be done at what point um the other thing is too, like testing is great, but it's yeah. exactly what you kind of highlighted halfway through there, Jess. Like I feel like there's a lot of, like we love our testing, don't get me wrong, yeah. but there's a lot of trigger happy testers up yeah, yeah, out yeah. there that are just testing and you, yeah, you've got all this information, but you've still got to work through it in a systematic way and treat yeah. the person that's in front of you. And just because you know, like let's just use your client for example, and we've got Histamine, we've got histamine issues, yeast overgrowth, estrogen detox issues, liver phase two issues, probably phase one issues, SIBO issues. Like that's that's a lot of stuff to deal with. Mm-hmm. You can't go in and treat it all at once. No. Like and but you know and that's why sometimes you know it's great to do those tests so you, when they're needed as you get them along the way. But still like you're not going in and going, let's just do all of this at once. Let's put you on SIBO antimicrobials, a biphasic mm. low histamine diet. Let's get you on DOA enzyme. Let's get you on digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid support. Then let's get you on liver support, yeah. estrogen clearance support. You know, like it's just, it's epic. Like you've yeah. got to, you, you've got to be able to, as a practitioner, use your information and use your brain and go, okay, what does this person need? What is the best way to do this? Yes, now we have all this information. That's great. But I might be using this part of this test information in six months time, not right Mm. now. And also once you do that, that client will then again dictate further by response, how that even unfolds. So you can have that whole treatment plan. You can do everything that you just said, but the person A to person B will be completely different in their response. And then we have to weigh that up too. So you can go in with all the good intentions and they react to a product as M has highlighted here, or they don't do well with there's some form of antimicrobials. It could be so many factors and we have to unpack that and look at how that situation works uniquely to that client. But um, I think the other massive thing, you know, to sort of, start to summarize this is that you if anyone is going through a process like this or even thinking about taking it on you highlighted m and i always say this to clients i know you guys too you have to step back and look at the big picture and if you've been working with a process for six to eight months there will be improvement if you're on the right track there will be changes and improvements and it's those things that you need to step back and think about or acknowledge or listen to your practitioner who's who's having the discussion with you to give you signs that your body is responding it is moving and progressing you may not be a hundred percent and you may still be struggling with certain symptoms and certain ailments but your body will have improved and given you signs if you're on that right track. And I think as human beings, it's our nature to only focus on what isn't quite right at this point and still be really focused on like, I've still got this or I've still got that and forget the progress that you've made. Um, And I know even just through, I mean, some of the Facebook lives I do with with the body by Finch group, like people will ask me about, Oh, I've been working for six months with a naturopath and like, I still feel this or that. And it's just like, well, ultimately you have to ask yourself if you've put six months work in, are you seeing signs of progression that, um, are showing that you on that right track? And if there's those things there, then, then that's great, but you can't have expectations to be a hundred percent better 
um, in what is a relatively a short time frame when you have these long-standing complex conditions. And, 100%. Yeah. Did you want to, Is I know we've been going going for a while here and we could probably keep just unpacking this case forever, but was there anything else, Em, you wanted to bring up at this point? Not really. Um, I know what I need, like I know where we need to go. It's just, it's good to just chat it out as well um, with you girls. And that's what we will often do. Like if any of us have really complex cases that we do get bogged down in sometimes um, and we feel that frustration of the client as well you know like oh we feel for you sometimes it's good just to have a chat about it and it's like just talking it through makes it so much more clear and you're like oh yeah you know of course of course this or that you know and just on the on the note just before of you saying you know like I've I've thought, often thought this like if I had these results that like the initial gut results of someone um, else, like client, a different client. Like I've had clients who have had very similar results and who have had such a different trajectory with mm. their with their um, symptoms, and they haven't had all these. You know, like it's just that this is how this journey has played out yeah. for this person. And as we've gotten through it, we've we've figured out all these other things that have popped up and what we need to focus on. So it is so individual. Mm-hmm. Um, even though two tests might look come back looking very similar, the, the way that that treatment plan unfolds can be night and day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was great to share. And maybe we'll even look at doing another follow-up on this case specifically in another sort of three months or so down the track. It'd be really fascinating to revisit it actually. I feel like we could, um, we should chat about too, like just if we're going to do a few more of these, like that client that I was chatting to you guys about, um, was it last week with the GI effects and she's reacted oh, to every yes. supplement. Yep, yep. Yeah. I've got updates on that as well. Ooh. That'd be an interesting one. I think to talk about just in terms of, yeah, yep. reacting to every supplement so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be really cool. Actually, there's some that I could. <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> I've got a couple of clients at the moment. As far as yeah, just so reactive, can't take supplements. That we've done some pretty kind of next level outside the box stuff, dietary, medicinal, dietary wise steps, and it's been really fascinating. Like when they get on board 100 percent and and do it, like how that power of the diet and just like what you eat and what you consume every day can be so amazing, like supplements aside. So lots and lots we can do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> cool. Sure. All right. Well, a series. Thank you so much everyone for joining. And as always leave us a review. We love hearing what you have to say in um, the review space on iTunes. We're also on Spotify now. Um, and on SoundCloud. So we're, we're all about. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on your socials because it allows other people to find us and listen. Yep. But thanks again and have a super weekend. See you See later. You weekend, guys. See you guys.